The Lord has seen fit to bless us with a glorious spring day to celebrate what is the chief festival of the Christian year, the resurrection of Christ. And so I say, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. On this Easter Sunday, we think of Easter eggs and candy and chocolate. We think of spring flowers and bunnies and baby chicks. And we think of ice cream. What's up with that? So I share with you a story, an Easter story of two kinds of ice cream and a visit to the graveyard. So I was born in a little town in northwestern Iowa called Lamar's, which is the home of Blue Bunny ice cream. Anybody familiar with Blue Bunny ice cream? All right, yeah, it is good stuff. Lamar's bills itself as the ice cream capital of the world. You may or may not agree with that, and Blue Bunny certainly is a very good ice cream. Note the Easter connection with the bunny there, see? So if you're ever out that way in that part of the world, that's where Lamar's Iowa is, and you can get all kinds of wonderful flavors at the Blue Bunny Ice Cream Parlor there in downtown Lamar's. You can even find it out here. It's now on the East Coast as well. And then there is this littler known obscure ice cream that's out there called Ben and Jerry's. Not very popular, I know. Last week, how many Ben and Jerry's fans do we have out there too? So notice I raised my hand on both of those. So I love ice cream. And then there is uh, the uh, last weekend, my wife and I traveled up uh, to South Burlington, Vermont for a godson's confirmation. And while there, we traveled to uh, nearby Waterbury, Vermont, where Ben and Jerry's ice cream plant is located with free samples at the end of the tour. And while there, we also visited the graveyard. What is a graveyard doing at an ice cream plant? This is Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavor graveyard where flavors that don't make it go to their final resting place. True story. Anybody familiar with this place up there? All right, some of you have been there. So there are actual granite headstones for each of the flavors that don't make it with their name, their dates, and epitaph. Real granite I, uh, stones right there. And here's one, maybe you remember this, called Aloha Macadamia. It's only on the market for a year, back in 2001, 2002. And this is the epitaph. We won't blame the macadamia, but we were kinda in denial. The marketplace had spoken. Mac got aloha off the aisle. Aisle spelled as in grocery aisle, not aisle like the TV series Survivor getting voted off the aisle. So there it is. But all kidding aside, on this blessed Easter morning, we gather not in a graveyard, we gather in the house of our Lord Jesus Christ, who indeed is risen from the dead, who lives and reigns to all eternity, more than chocolates, more than spring flowers, more than eggs or ice cream. Easter means that death is not the final word. Death has no power over this 
Savior Jesus Christ who is burst forth from the tomb and is loose in the world and is at work in the lives of his people in the world. That means your life and mine as well. And that same Jesus who is risen from the dead is present among us here and now in his life-giving word, in his holy supper, where he comes to strengthen, encourage, and build us up in faith toward him and in love toward one another. Through his life-giving death upon the cross, through his glorious resurrection from the dead, we have been reconciled to God through the cleansing blood of Jesus. We have been set free. And through Jesus, we are reconciled for life. And that becomes the theme for the message on this Easter Sunday. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. Throughout these 40 days of Lent, we have focused on a preaching series entitled Go and Be Reconciled. That graphic, that image there may be familiar if you were here during the Lenten season. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus means that God is now at peace with us. Jesus has paid the price for our sin and disobedience through his atoning death on the cross. Friends, this is the good news that makes an eternal difference in the lives of people. And through this, God now calls us to go and be reconciled, beginning with that vertical dimension of the cross, the up and down from top to bottom, which God has accomplished, calling us to remember whose we are as his beloved baptized children, confessing our sins against God and receiving his own forgiveness. That then flows out to the horizontal dimension of our relationship with the people around us, that horizontal crossbar from left to right, where we are called to confess our sins to one another, where we are called to forgive as God forgave us, where we are called to restore one another with gentleness. In Jesus who loves us, who laid down his life for us, God calls us to be reconciled for life. Now, the challenge in living this out is best summed up in what the angel said to the women who came to Jesus' tomb on that first day of the week at early dawn. The angel said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. How much we are like those women and those first disciples who just thought all of this was some idle tale. Instead of being reconciled for life, we want to go back to what is dead and buried. 
We want to return again and again to the graveyard. Jesus, who is risen from the dead, calls us out of death into life. He calls us to see life through Easter eyes. Our risen Savior opens our eyes so we no longer focus on long ago hurts and wounds. Our risen Savior opens our hearts so we no longer dwell on old grudges and grievances. Our risen Savior opens our minds so that by his life-giving presence and power at work in our lives, we are able to let go of all that is not life-giving, all that draws us away from the risen Savior's light and love. But we say, my wounds are so deep, my hurt is so bad, I can't let go. But remember this, with the Lord, nothing is impossible. The eyes of the world watched in disbelief this past week, Monday, April 15th, as the beautiful and historic Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris burned. Although much was lost, much was also saved, and for this we give thanks to God and to some very brave people. As we've all heard, plans are already being formulated to rebuild. Closer to home, a sister congregation in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church, experienced a similar devastating fire nearly a year ago on May 15, 2018. This beautiful house of worship erected in 1878 was on the National Register of Historic Places and burned. Fire is always tragic wherever it may happen, especially, especially for a house of worship. So many faith memories are wrapped up here, baptisms, confirmations, weddings, funerals, and so much more. In such times, we need to remind ourselves that the church is not a building. The church is the redeemed people of God. In the aftermath of that fire at Trinity Church in Milwaukee, it was discovered that the altar paintings were amazingly untouched by that fire. And the central altar painting where that red arrow is is of the risen Lord Jesus Christ breaking forth from the grave on that first Easter morning. I find that a compelling, an absolutely compelling image and a reminder to me and to all of us in the midst of destruction and devastation and death itself, the risen Lord Jesus Christ is present Jesus walks among the charred and burnt ruins 
of our lives, leading us out of death into life. As many of you know, my mother passed away in January, so this is uh, my family's first Easter without her. Grief is a funny thing, as many of you know. It can catch us unawares. A piece of music we're listening to, a smell, even out of the blue, something triggers a memory of that loved one and we suddenly become weak-kneed and teary-eyed. So after a death, everything in that first year is a first. The first Easter, the first birthday, the first Christmas. And yet, because of Jesus, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. With Easter joy and hope, we release our loved ones, knowing that they are rejoicing with us. But upon another shore and in a greater light, they are safe in the Lord's care and keeping. Paul the Apostle reminds us of this in today's epistle lesson. If for this life only we have hoped, we are of all people most to be pitied. Friends, because of Jesus, every morning is Easter morning. We are reconciled for life, not death. And so we say with the psalmist, the right hand of the Lord has triumphed. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. In Jesus, our risen, reigning, and returning Savior, we look forward to that eternal Easter in heaven, where we will no longer walk by faith, but we shall see him as he is. And so will come to pass the prophecy of Isaiah from today's first reading. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. Life is short, my friends. We do not know what this day this week, this year, may hold. We have only today. And we know only that Jesus is risen, that he is alive, and that in him we have forgiveness and life and salvation. So on this Easter Sunday, the resurrection of our Lord, let us go and be reconciled for life. God, help us to do this for Jesus' sake. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.